Okay, so we're gonna pick up where we left off, and we were trying to, we were kind of making that transition of, you know, you played your senior year, you're relaxed, you've got your scholarship, but we kind of jumped over a, 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 an important point there that I really want to go back and talk about, and, and that's the recruiting process. And I guess I want to talk to everybody, and I, I want to present it from the standpoint of I'm somebody who was recruited by. Power Five schools, you know, my mom was military, and so she was very much organized, and she knew her stuff. She was disciplined, and that was still overwhelming for us. That was our first time dealing with it. We were first time, um, I almost said NFL, first time college, (laughs) you know, parent and and student, and so – that was just overwhelming. And I remember you have these big time coaches. You know, I remember Mac Brown coming into my house and sitting on my couch, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, that's Mac Brown sitting right, right there. So you, you become starstruck as a young kid, mm-hmm. and it, it's easy for those coaches to come in and I don't want to say manipulate, but they use it to their advantage that, you know, they know you look up to us and right. you want to come here and these are right. schools that you want to be a part of. Right. And so for us, it was all new. So I guess I'm, I'm saying all that to say when it came to you, it was like I felt like that was me all over again. Right. Now I'm in parent mode. And it was just like, oh, my God, like he's got so much stuff coming at him and we have to do this and we have to do that. And so what was it like for you with these coaches and now you have direct messaging and they can kind of go around the parents, whereas I got the letters, my coaches, a lot more involvement from parents. So that's one thing that I think is that I not that I dislike, but I think is a bit weird about recruiting nowadays is they kind of go around the parent. It's like. They'll DM me on Twitter, get my phone number, text me, call me to offer me. Like, you know, yeah. like they, they kind of go avoid the parents, which yeah. I think is kind of. It's disrespectful. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like. It is. I mean, as a parent, because I'm glad you said that, because that's how I would feel. Like, I would hear about your college offers on social media, and I'm like, who is this team? I haven't heard anything like, about that. I'm getting calls in the middle of my Spanish class. I'm like, we want to offer you. I'm like, cool. Like, can I give you my parents' number? Like, oh, why do you do that? You know, like stuff like that. Like, I feel it's kind of. It is. It's, it's a way that they can get to the kid first, right? And they can try to. Well, you got to be careful with the words you use, but they can start to like push put, them in a certain direction. Push, like, look at what we have. Look, what we have. Look, what we have, and then involve the parents. parents yeah. Like, uh, maybe once you got the kid hooked. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And, but, and, and it's and that's terrible because mm-hmm. I remember when I was young and my it was my me and my mother going through it. They would send letters to the house. They would talk to your coach. Your coach would inform your mom, and so it was more of a. Hey, this is a this is still an extension of high school. Like right. we still care about these kids. Now it just seems like it's an extension of the NFL, like minor league baseball. But that's where I feel like schools like U of A, for example, differ. U of A went through y'all. When yeah. when when I got a U of A offer, y'all knew before I knew. They called you, then Coach Hunley called me. They they text you know they text y'all and me. They, yeah. they involved the whole family in the process, and that's where I feel like. Schools that do that are always going to get better recruits, have better. Obviously, you, if Nick Saban showed up to your house, like if Nick I mean, Saban, it's Nick Saban, right? right yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but schools like that do that. I feel like schools should focus more on that step. and and involve the whole family and not Absolutely. just the kid. You know, because you are you're dealing with the whole family. Right. Like it's not just you out there playing. Like your success is very much built on 
like the support you have. I right. mean, you know, if you don't have, the school doesn't have a good relationship with your parents, and not that we need to be at the forefront, but it's like, I like to know that you're right. calling my kid. Like right. like a grown man calling my right. 17, 16-year-old kid. Like, kid. Like, I would like to know what's happening. That's a little weird. Anywhere yeah. else, we'd be calling the police about exactly. this. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, just show a little respect. And so I, I just remember, because I know this can be, we have to be careful and, and stay on track, but right. I just remember times where you would, we would talk about things and there would be schools that we use tactics like, well, you know, we're the only one that's really going to give you a scholarship or, you know, that scholarship's not real or, well, you know, you're too small to play here. And it's like, dude, you're talking to a kid, man. It's like, like, like I'm not going to say your name, but like, right. I had a school one time. I had, I had gotten a Duke offer and the school I was texting coach and like, oh, well, you're too small to play in the ACC anyways. Like, Okay, well, you said you weren't going to say the school's name. Thank God we can edit. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying I got the offer from Duke. And oh, another, oh and I thought you were school. saying the school. No, no, no. Oh, I was another like, another oh school. Te- like I was texting another coach from my school, and he was like, "We're too small to play in the ACC, anyways. Like you don't even, you need to worry about Duke. Like, like what? Oh, like yeah. crazy? Who says that? Like, yeah, yeah that's uh, you know they they can do some tactics. But I remember when we went to a camp and uh, we were at, well the only U of A camp you went to, right. and there was a school that was recruiting you. Mm-hmm. That showed up there, and that was their first time seeing you live. And I remember them coming over to me and like introducing themselves for the first time. And I was just like, "This is the first time you've ever talked to me. Like I've never heard from you. Now you see them in person, and you're impressed. Now you want to come over and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" Was and that's it's just not the way to do things. Mm But it's technology. It's just it gives you so much access to the to the young students to the athlete. That speaking you don't of, have to. Speaking of young students and athletes, I feel like uh, one part of recruiting that I hate seeing are those pages that places that make you pay for recruiting. Like, I'm I'm here to tell y'all. I'm here to tell y'all. <laughs> we have 20, 30 people on staff. That job is to recruit. They're not gonna go to some other third party to go find a kid. That's not gonna happen. There, there's, there's just no point of having a job. So I don't know why people go out and pay like. Sign these contracts. Oh, pay you just go kick me these. right between the legs, huh? Yeah, you, right you between know the that, legs. You yep. know that's a sensitive right subject in our house because <laughs> your mom, uh-huh. not even gonna say my wife, your mom <laughs> swore up and down that we needed to use that third party entity. And I remember being like, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do it. And you want to be happier. You want to be right. So we use that third party entity. And I paid for over a year for something that we never used because at the end of the day, it was you and mom sending out the emails. Mm-hmm. You know, here's my bio. You know, here is a basic printout of what I'm going to say to every college because at the end of the day, they're, I mean, they don't have time to read this direct, right. oh, you're so great, we love you. No, 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 no. Here's my name. Here's what I do. Here's what I'm about. Here's my huddle link. And, and the thing is, right, I'm not just DMing head coaches because head coaches, let's be real, they're not going to see it. No, not at all. They're not going to see it. Not at all. You got to you got to DM the assistant director of recruiting, the the uh, yeah uh, GA. the low man on the total pole. You, yeah. you got to eat your name by the low man. The low man shows coach it goes up and up and up. You you know if you only DM, let's just let's just take Coach Fish. If you yeah. only DM Coach Fish trying to get your film seen, you'll never. There you'll are never so many kids that do that. So many kids, and and to think that you're one. I'm not trying to knock anybody, but to think you're you're one DM is going to get seen and going to get ooh, who's it like? That's just unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. So you can't just DM the highest man and think he's going to look at it. Like, come yeah. on. Man. Yeah, you can't start there. And, and I think that's great because, you know, that's what mom did when she was 
you know, late at night sending out these emails. She wasn't sending them to the head coach. She was, you know, sending them to a GA. And I think, but to you having a little bit of an advantage because one of the schools, um, LeVar, I'm going to say LeVar Arrington. Um, I'm going to draw a blank on LeVar's last name, but he was a coach at Iowa, remember? Well, I played. I play. It doesn't really matter. I played ball with him, and I remember mom was telling me, you know, Lavar coaches here, so I put his full name on there. I put Russell M. Davis. So when the email came across his desk, he was like Russell Davis, and so he looked at it. I mean, even though it didn't, that wasn't a school that wanted you. It was still that was just an advantage, you know, of having someone. So. I guess I'm saying that to let everybody know you have to use every advantage that mm-hmm. you have to be seen, to be heard. Your voice has to be heard, and the louder and, you are. And, like, yes, coaches, their job is to go find kids, but there are how many high schools, how yeah. many kids. Like, it, it's it's a two-man effort. You can't just expect coaches to come find you, especially yeah. if you're not playing, like, if you're not playing at a, at a Bishop Gorman or, yeah. or, a, or a Modern Day or a Hamilton or a Chandler or a yeah. Saguaro. Like, you're not, your games are on ESPN. Like, you need to... You need to put yourself out there to mm-hmm. be seen. Yeah. You know, you, you have you to do the hard work. You can't just expect it to just fall in your lap. It's just, yeah. That's not how that works. It's not. But but that's what people think, though. And I mean, you know, you're somebody who has been through it. You know, I've been through it, and we can talk to her blue in the face. Like people think, oh, it just came to you. It's like, do no. you know how much hard work went into this? Like the sending out these emails, these taking huddles. pictures of my wingspan, taking, yeah, like, all, all that this, stuff. Like, right, you have to weigh yourself. You have to send it into these coaches, and this is all the time. It's not once in a while. Like you have to be on. You have to be beating on these doors all the time. And on top of, you have to go out on the field and you have to play. You have mm-hmm. to produce. You have to be in class. So you don't gotta make, have the grades because the first. Thing Every coach that responded to my DM, the first thing they asked for was my transcript. First thing they always asked for, transcript, transcript, transcript. Because you can't get in, they're not even going to bother with you. Yeah, what's they're the point? Not. You're not going to be it's there not, long enough. Because there's so many kids that they will go find another kid. You're the exact same as you, but with better grades. They will. And that's and that's a hard thing to understand. Um, and, and I hear you saying it now, and it's like, wow, this is like music to my ears. But I remember there was a point where this stuff didn't sink in. It didn't resonate. I'm not going to say it didn't resonate, but now that you've been through it and you understand like, okay, I get it. Like, how do you get across what you're saying to the younger generation? How do you get across to a kid who's in the 11th grade, 12th grade, who's like, I want to do this. And they're having those doubts, those fears. Am I working hard enough? Like, how do you help that kid get to where they need to get to? What advice do you give them? I think fear is a really good motivator. And I, it's true. It's true. Uh, I think that fear of like I'm not doing enough should motivate you to do more. And that fear of like I might not get seen should motivate you to put yourself out there. Like use that as fuel to 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 motivate yourself. And like, and I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, like those fears, like the fear of never working hard enough, that never goes away. Like I still feel like I can be doing more. Like I yeah, always, that's me and, too. And you always should feel like you should you should be doing more. But I don't know if you can like. I don't know. It just kind of clicks and does kind of does it for some kids. Like some kids get it, some kids understand it, and some kids you could tell. Um, I, I've seen it. You could tell a kid yeah. a million times. Like this is like, just do this, man, and you'll get to where you want to be. And it's just like in one ear out the other. They don't care. It's and, and it's parents because it's yeah. it, it takes a village. You know, there's really so many does. people that are involved in it. You know, there's late nights. There's mm-hmm. arguments. There's like, dude, this is the right way to go. You know, it's such a hard road, and it's such a road 
that not a lot of people can travel and, right. and many are called but few are chosen mm-hmm. and and it's not like the football teams are like well we hate you it's you're not doing what you need to do right so with that whole recruiting process now you know you've made it through the recruiting process and you've signed and you show up was it June 1st? So we got there. Was it June 1st or did June we get there 1st. on the 30th? We got there June 1st. Okay, so June 1st, oh you know, we're riding down to Tucson. And, you know, you're, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I remember this because you were quiet. We were riding down there and you fell asleep in the car. And I'm like, oh, he's asleep. It's only an hour and a half drive. And so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of looking over at you. And I'm like, for me, I'm looking at, like little deuce. Like I still see little deuce. Like when I see you on the field, well, when I see you doing what you're doing, I'm like, oh my God, that's that's baby deuce. That's little deuce. So I'm watching you sleep in the car and I'm driving down and you wake up about 20 minutes before we, you know, hit Tucson. And I can see you're just like, like you said, if you could turn white, you you're stressed. So like I'm stressed. I'm gonna... Yeah. So what was that like? I mean, oh so tell me what you God. were going through <laughs> that first June 1st, when you have to be there, you arrive. <laughs> I'm like, one, I don't know who my roommates are. So I know I have five roommates, but I don't know who they are. So that was one thing I was scared about. That I was going to get bad roommates. I didn't, thank God. Um, I'm moving into the apartment. And I got to start paying bills. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I'm thinking about I got to start college training. I got to start. I got. I have to get bigger. Like, how big are these people? Am I even going to play? Am I going to be like? I got all these million things running through my head. Like, what about this? What about that? High all, school on steroids. It's like everything. I'm like, on top of that, I got to be a regular student. Like, I'm like, I'm just overwhelmed. Like, overwhelming myself in the car. So I'm. That, that's that's what went through my head. Just stress. Like, just stress to a different level. So I, I okay. So we get there, and you know, you're beating your roommates, and you know, had a good group of roommates. And I remember when we were leaving, for me, it was kind of like, wow, this is the next segment of his life. This is the next journey. This is like, I'm super proud, man. Like, good for you. Have fun. And when I walked out that door, like, I realized, and I got in the car and I got on that highway, I realized, like, oh, I was like, I realized that's it. Like, he's he's in college now like you know I put Morgan in college so you got your sister there so I kind of was able to work through that but you were still there and then when we got there and it was dropping you off it was like driving back down the highway I was like wow he's he's gone so what was that like once I like pulled off and was like gone because I know for me I got in the car and I made that little u-turn in front of the hub and went out and got on the highway and it hit me riding down the highway. I'm like, he's not coming home anymore. Like he's, he's in college now. Like he's here. So what was that like for you? What was that moment of like realization where you're like, I'm on my own now? Uh, it was that night. Cause it was really quiet. Like it was just dead quiet and it was just nothing like nothing. Just quietness. Couldn't like normally like I would hear somebody walking above me. Like yeah. in the basement, I would hear mom's TV or something. It was just, Dead silence. It was like, man, like I am living on my own right now. That's crazy. Like <laughs> I can go get up and do whatever I want right now. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I never felt like uh, homesick because home is an hour and a half away from me. So I've never been like 
I don't know. I never been like really. Super- you weren't homesick. Hold on now. Hold on now. I'm about to pull up some old footage because I distinctly remember we were in here talking one time. And I told you about how I was a crybaby, and I called my mom. That's different. What you mean? <laughs> because I'm saying homesick as like, oh, I miss home. But that, what you're talking about is me not thinking I'm cut out for this. Okay, so hold on. So we have to make sure that we let, because we're yeah. talking like everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so um, my first time when I got recruited and I signed to go to Chapel Hill, I remember my mom dropped me off. Very similar stories to what we're talking about now. That first week of school, not even school, but training camp, I called my mom like in tears. Mama, I, I don't, I'm not cut out for this. I don't know if, if this is for me. Um, I think I made a mistake. These guys are huge. I'm never going to be this big. I'm mm-hmm. never going to be this good. Mm-hmm. All the, you know, all these self doubt things were going through my mind. And, and and my mom's like, no, baby, you'll be fine. You know, you worked hard to get there. It's going to be okay. Trust me. Mama, please, please, I want to come home. I want to come. What am I coming back to Fayetteville for? You know, that's like you coming back to Phoenix. <laughs> like, but, what am I going back home for? Right. right there's no, but at that moment in time, it's so real mm-hmm. and it's so scary that you're, just, you're doubting yourself. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember my mom just being like, oh, baby, it'll be okay. And once the regular students get on campus, which – translates to wait till the girls get on campus you'll be just fine (laughs) and so did that happen well I know it happened for you but tell everybody about what that's like for your first night your first training camp like by yourself and football and school and Mm -hmm. bills and all this responsibility thank god my first my first training wasn't even like during school time or like during like season of practice thank god it wasn't Uh so it was just like the lift and the run so we had to be there at 545. A.M. A.M. <laughs> and I had to walk there. 15 minute walk. So I'm leaving the crib at like 5. Waking up like 4 or something. This get, is this is a D1 athlete's D1 morning. Athlete. This is a D1 athlete morning. Okay. So I get there. Um, we get in the field early. Start stretching. I'm like, cool. I'm going to do this. Like, Let's do it. We do the warm up. And we do like a bunch of like speed drills. And I'm like, whew. Like, good workout, <laughs> boys. And he's like, all right. We want a skill over here and a D lineman over and a lineman over here. I didn't know what they wanted me to do at the time. I was like, oh, I'll go to skill. I'm skinny. Mistake. <laughs> I got mistake. The biggest mistake in my life. <laughs> okay. We get over there and we have to pull chains. We got like chains. They're like a 200 pounds in chains. We got to run with like 50 yards and it's timed. So I do ones. We get there, do one. I'm like, whoo, like I'm gassed. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> we're done. Like, we're making the break. Back up on the line again. Back. I'm like, okay. Like, okay. Now we get a break. No, drop it, free run, down and back. Um, after that, I was like, man, like, can we get a break now? <laughs> we finally got a break, but it didn't feel that long. No, no, it's not. So we did that for like an hour. Um, and after that, I'm like dead. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's, we're done. Like, that was it. Next day, we lift. Like, no. In the weight room, we squatted, we did squats, <laughs> and we did cleans, I think. I know we did some kind of leg exercise because my legs were hurting. <laughs> We do that. After that, I'm like, man, like, I really did. I was just like sitting in the weight room, like, I want to go home. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, this is not for me. Like, like I, home to your apartment like, or I home go, back I wanna to Phoenix. Chandler. Like, Chandler. I want to go home. Like, this is not for me. <laughs> you weren't coming back here, so. <laughs> then, then, this is when we first got, they had all the freshmen meet up with the nutritionist, and they took they took us upstairs, made us a mat, made everyone get a massive plate of food and eat it all. Right. Mm. Never, never up to that point, I hadn't eaten that much food ever at once. So it was a struggle. Like, I'm 
I, I could barely keep it down. Like it was rough. Okay, we do all that. I'm like, I'm stuffed to the brim. My whole body hurts. I'm tired. Right. Now I got now I got to go to class. I got summer. So classes. what time is it now? It's about eight thirty right now. Oh wow! I was thinking it was closer to like eleven or twelve. Oh, so no, all it, this is eight thirty right now. By nine o'clock, class starts at nine. Oh wow! Get there at nine. I have to sit there in the class and pay attention after doing all that. No way. People in there, I got videos. People in there falling asleep, dozing off, like yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> I'm standing like, where do we get done with class? We, we, we get a homework assignment the first day. Crazy, whatever. I'm like, cool, we're done. Nope. We got an hour study hall now after that. So this is 10 to 11 now. We got study hall. <laughs> and this is not even noon yet. Not even noon yet. And in the study hall, we have an online class. Then after oh, all God. of that, we can go home. Except I have to walk home after doing a, a, a basically a, a two hour leg day class, yeah. for force feeding myself. Now I can go home. I had to fell asleep in the locker room. We didn't have a locker room at the time. It oh, that's right, because it was still getting renovated. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so I get home, I get in the bathroom, turn the shower on, I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm just staring at the wall like, this is not, like, I'm thinking like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I just can't do this. Like, there's no way I'll be ever be able to get that big. Oh, I forgot to mention. Everybody looked huge. Like, everybody yeah. was 6'5", 230. Yes. Like, like a was, giant. Everybody just looked massive. <laughs> Intimidating. So I get to the bathroom. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is not for me. Like, I cannot do this. Like, I will never be that big. I'll never be that strong. I'll never be in that kind of shape. I will never, ever be running to be the play of college football. Like, I just... <laughs> I should just call it now and not put this much stress on my body. I'm like, man, this is just. Yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from and how you feel. And, and I was and like, I was like, I don't, even, I don't remember what I told myself to convince myself to just dug it out for one more day, but I did. Because you knew you weren't coming back here. I wasn't going to allow that. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was that voice you heard in your head, like, hell no, you're not coming back here. <laughs> and like the next day wasn't that bad because I went with the D lineman for the running. Yeah. So wasn't that wasn't a little, little slower, a little, little slower than running with receivers and DBs. Then we get to the Friday, which is the game day, which is like the last lift of the week, uh-huh. which is like the game day lift we call it. Right. So it's everything I just said before, except the lift part is way longer. Oh god! And then after all, we have to do all that. After all that running and lifting, we then go on the turf, hot turf. It's June. Turf is a hundred something degrees. There's like a bar, there's a forty. There's a barbell with like forty five on each side. Put it on our back, walking lunges the whole length of the field and back. We had oh. like. Two yeah. of those maybe, yeah. and then fireman carries same thing. Or farmer carries with the thing, all the way down and back twice. I'm pretty sure. Then we got ropes. We got this way. We got the the, the jump squat ones. Like mm-hmm. just a bunch of just nonsense. Just a <laughs> bunch of od nonsense. Then after all of that, we got to push a sled. It was only uh, it started out with six, but it went up by two reps each week. And I literally thought I was gonna die. Like I was like, where is my inhaler? Like after the first rep. I was like, where is my inhaler? <laughs> like, I'm about I, to die out here. I was like, where is my inhaler? And they were like, and the trainer was like, I promise you, you're just tired. I'm like, where is my inhaler? Yeah, like, like, bring uh, me my inhaler now. Like, I'm taking it. I don't care. Somehow got through it, and, I, and I'm and i pretty sure I just fell on the ground afterwards. I was just laying on the, on the hot turf. I couldn't even feel how hot it was, how tired I was. <laughs> that's funny that you, because when you tell right. these stories, that's why, like, when you come home, and you know, I hear you know you and Mom will be sitting in the office talking, and or you know, I just catch a conversation. It's the same thing that I went through. So I, I just I love hearing it because I just think it's hilarious. Because I remember the first time 
we had to do a survival run. Mm. And so I didn't even have the option of coming in June. Like we came literally two weeks before school started and you had to take what was called a survival test. And all it is is a suicide drill on the football field. So you start at the back of the end zone, you run to the five or the 10, you go back, touch the back of the end zone to the 15 or 20 and you're doing that. And it's time and you're like three minutes or something. And I just remember uh, Mad Dog, Jeff Madden, one of the, probably one of the greatest men I've been ever been a part of my life. I hated his guts my first mm. year. I could not mm -hmm. stand our, our um, strength coach. Oh, I mean, yeah. I hated his presence. I hated mm -hmm. his voice. I mean, if you just, like his nickname was Mad Dog. Mm -hmm. And like, I just could not stand him. And I remember running that test. No, for real, I, I can I, say that know, now. I, I get it. I, yeah, <laughs> first couple, first couple of months, T.I. Ooh, T.O. could have got hand. Yeah, you, like yes, you want to jump on him the way he talks to you and the way you're like, you know, I don't want to take this. Davis, get on the line. You're nothing. You're just an incoming freshman. You're, you're like, like garbage. Blah blah blah. Yeah, get you're like going like. <laughs> Yeah, you want to run up on them, and so I, so I totally understand that. But then you grow to love that same guy because he pushes you mm -hmm. and he gets you to where you want to get to. He he gets you to your goals, and so you start to understand that. Okay, yeah, yeah his foot being up my backside was for a reason, and you start it doesn't make it any better because oh, he no, still it does, does it. But you can you can deal with it a lot more when you see the benefits of what that person's doing. Like, and much as T.O. made like made me mad, like I can look at him and be like, yeah, I would not be where I'm at without him. Like without him being on me, pushing me, yeah. being on me with my weight, making sure I'm pushed, like making me do more weight. Without that, like I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. So it's and, for the better, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good strength coach is always your strength coach and your position coach are going to be the two people that you spend the absolute most time with, like yep. the head coach and the D coordinator. I mean, you're going to see the head coach, but you're not going to see the D co – or I'm sorry, you're going to see the head coach a few times in meetings uh, around the building. But, you know, most of the time those are the two people that you're going to be with. So – now that you're in school, okay, so June, you're in the weight room and you're hitting it hard and you're starting to see a little bit of success on the field. Like, when did you think that you weren't going to redshirt or did you think you were going to play more than you thought you would? Because I remember talking to you and my game plan coming in was, hey, you know, use this year to get uh, as a redshirt year, you get bigger, stronger. So when you would call me and talk to me about, not redshirting. I was kind of like, what's going on? Because I was like, dude, this dude's like 200 pounds. Like, how is he climbing the ladder like that? <laughs> like, you, like, explain that to me because even as your father, somebody who's been there and, and I know what you're capable of, for you to just come from high school weighing maybe a – 200 pounds. Let's be real, 185. Yeah, well, I wanted to give you, I wanted to make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to college as a defensive end, 6'3", 6'2", whatever, weighing 195. So, like, the massive amount of, of the gains that you made, the strides that you made, it, it's amazing. Like, how did you do that? Like, that just blows my mind. <laughs> when I got there, I was just like, I knew that I don't like just watching the game on the sideline. So I wanted to play, but I didn't think I was going to play that year. So my game plan was like, I'm going to get my body to where it needs to be for next year. So got there at 185. So in the span of two months, I was the at the before fall camp, I was 214. So I was just getting big, just trying to just do what I need to yeah. do. Getting to fall camp, bottom of the, bottom of the uh, depth chart as usual, freshman. Yeah. And what happened? Uh, 
we were doing uh, the they have like the the incoming freshmen like the scout have their own little segment. So I'm doing that, and I'm like, man, this is like nothing. Like these, like this is I, I, this is easy. Right. So then eventually I get moved from that to like third team. Then dude in front of me, oh what happened? Uh, just messing up. Yeah. Coach got mad. Davis getting there. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> me? Dude, you got to stop doing that, man. When they call your your like, number, me? you keep huh? Me? Like, For real? <laughs> you, me? Like you serious? I was like, all right, and. And part of me was nervous, but the other part was like, this is my chance. Like, this is not yeah. the time to be nervous or scared. And the first rep I had was a pass, and I didn't know what to do on the mile. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to run through him. <laughs> ran him into the – ran him almost into the QB. Oh, big mistake. Got pulled out, 15 push-ups for getting too close to QB. Got right back in there. And from there, it was just like – I just realized, like, this is something I can do. This is mine. And even yeah. then, I was still like, I'm probably not going to play. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm probably not going to play. Because that's what I was thinking in the stands. God knows, man. I mean, some of our phone calls going back and forth because I would watch you and I'm like, dude, you're only on kickoff and you get a couple of plays. Like that San Diego game, I was like, wow, he got like, he, he started pretty much because somebody got hurt. So I thought that was going to be the amount of plays you were getting. So when there be games where I'm like, well, he's not really getting on the field, I'm looking at it like, don't waste your year. But I guess once you had a taste but, of it, it was too late. But my thing for that was like, I also like, I just wanted to like, I wanted to win. I like winning. I, I hate losing. And for me, it was like, if if I can, if if me being on kickoff helps the team win, that's the only place I get reps. So be it. If I'm helping the team win, I'm helping the team win. If 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 that's what it is, that's what it is. Yeah, no, I, I so respect that. That's good. But I was just, you know, parent wise, I'm like, God, don't waste an entire year just for kickoff team. Like that's, you know. But as the season went on. I think it was about, what, mid-season? About uh, week it six? Was, it was because uh, I got in San Diego State. I got in Mississippi State. I didn't get in North Dakota. It was uh, Colorado. Colorado is when, is when they when I really when got started like, playing. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then from there on, it was like, oh, okay, now he's playing. But it, I guess I'm saying all that to say if I had to sum it all up, is sometimes as parents you have to trust the process. I know that's such a cliche and people hear it. And, and it's tough when your kid is going through it. You know, he went through it in high school. He went through it in college. But if you trust the process and you've, you know, you put yourself in a position to be successful and to win and to be ready when your opportunity comes. And that's the thing. Like people always say, well, what does that mean? Well, you have to always be working towards mm -hmm. your goal. If your goal is to be a defensive lineman, to be a running back, or to, to whatever it is, if you're not working towards it, when you get that opportunity to go in there, when you get, hey, 99, let's go, you're like, oh? Yeah, like, <laughs> like San Diego State, I didn't know I was going to play. I didn't think I was going to play. I, I, I was like, so we're in the trip, like, oh, is it give you an hotel, a good picture? Yeah, I'm probably not going to play, though. Like, <laughs> Stan is cool, but I'm not going to play. Then I, get, then I get my name called, I'm like, what? Like, what do yeah. you mean me? Like, Oh, I was excited, man. I'm going to tell you right now, like sitting at home, watching it on TV, when I see you go in the game, I get like so excited, especially against like San Diego. When you went in, I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, I'm with the critical eye. I'd be like, oh, my God, you got reached a little bit. You got to, you know, make sure you step with the right foot. But overall, as I'm watching it, I'm like, he's doing a really good job for to be 200 pounds going up against <laughs> a 315-pound tackle. So, you know, it was just really good to see all the hard work and all the technique and everything that you had worked on your entire career has helped you be successful 
at the right times, which has then helped you be successful over long periods of time. So now that you've experienced this first year of college, because that's kind of the big talking points where I want to address things on here and when I have people, I want to discuss those early years and I want people to understand that these years are going to go by so fast. Like you have to be dedicated. Mm-hmm. And this is what you want to do. You want to make it to the next level. This is how you do it. You don't have to go spend thousands of dollars on trainers nope. and these third party people that are going to. You have to be willing to put in the hard work that it takes to be successful. That's on the field, that's writing the emails, getting on the phones if you have to, if you can make it to these camps, going, going to the. And, and going to the right camps too. Going to like. It's just you can't just expect it to come to you. You got to work for it. You can't just – it's not going to come to you. Yeah, you yeah. got to work for it and do it. And and with the trainers, like, you would say you work out with a trainer three days a week. What are you doing other for? Right. You know? Are yeah. you just sitting at home? Are you getting extra work in? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. then and then even with the trainer, like, you go work with a trainer for an hour. What about the other 20, 23 hours in a day? Are yeah. you just sitting – are you just playing video games? Are you watching film? Or what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing to get it's a, better? It's an all-day – it's, it's – all the times. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hilarious like sitting here hearing you say this because I remember when we were working and it'd be like, come on, you know, it's time to work. You'd be like, okay. And you always worked hard. I'm not going to sit here and paint the picture like you were some lazy kid, but it was always like, dude, you could be doing so much more. You need to be working harder. You should be doing this. So when you got to college and then for you to come back after a year and everything that I said to you, you're just like, just right back at me. I'm like, <laughs> so now you're starting to understand it. So, like, what advice would you give? So a kid, you know, you're on your way to your dream school. Whatever school it is you pick, you're going. What advice would you give a student athlete going into their first year at their school? How would you tell them or what would you say to them to help them have success that first year? Don't go in there and – with this like big ego and spin like be like I'm the man. Don't do that. That's that's how you create like uh, I don't know what the word for it. Like enemies. You, yeah, that's how you make people not like you. Yeah, well animosity. When you're when you're when the older guys tell you something, listen to them. Don't yeah. just yeah whatever. Like take it in. Really, really listen and yeah. and and you can never do enough. Yeah, you can never like. You can't you can't watch enough film. You can't you can't do enough football. You can do you can tire yourself out, but. You should always be doing something. You should never not do something. Yeah, yeah, no. You should always be trying to better yourself. You should always be trying to, like we have, we have weight goals. You know, it's say your weight goal is you got to be two pounds by next week. Try and get three. Yeah, always try to overachieve and do more. That that's definitely my advice. Just work hard because the coaches see that. And and uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, no, I mean, and that stuff. No, I know because you know, being in college, you have to be very careful because you see so many examples of, you know, good and bad behavior. So I, I understand why you're like, and, uh, I got to catch myself. Well, my thing is if you don't play as a freshman or you're not playing, don't look at it like the coaches don't like me. You should look at that as I need to do more. Because a lot of people, though, their first thing is like, oh, it's the coaches. They want they, they oh, want to yeah. see their kid, da-da-da. I came in, I was maybe fourth on their board for D-line. I was – the end of the depth chart, like they had, and I still got on the field. I still worked my way to it. So I, don't use that as an excuse. Work for it. Like yeah. use that as if if the person in front of you they should be ahead of. Use that as motivation to work harder. Don't be like, oh, they want to see their people play. Like that's I, I hate it, that. I really do hate that. No, it's funny that you say that because 
it seems like your whole career, as we're sitting here talking about it, it's not like I didn't know, but as I hear it, it's always been this underdog role. Like you've always been undersized, you know. Oh, well, we don't know if he's going to make it. We're going to put him third string. And it's like you just keep working to get to the top. Like this is where I want to be. And I, and I think to me that's what's going to lead to to you having a successful, you know, uh, sophomore year. And, and because, you know, my goal has always been – because I wasn't a pass rusher when I was in school. And I, I'm going to tell you this now, and I don't know um, if I've told you this or gone into any kind of detail about it. When I played football, especially in the pros, there was a beginning and an end uh, as far as defensive linemen goes. And what I mean by that is in the beginning, the first person that I felt like made a strong impression on me um, as far as who you, I feel like who I've helped you kind of become a little bit is Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice, um, when I first got here to Arizona, was 6'5", 250 pounds, and that was a no-no when I was playing because that wasn't big enough. Right. It wasn't, you know, that wasn't what we think of as defensive ends. So that was kind of that long, wiry frame because I remember playing with him and being like, this dude's an amazing pass rusher. Like, you can get a ton of money getting to the quarterback. And as I watched the game evolve, there were guys in between that I was like, okay, I like this guy, I like that guy. But for me, some of the biggest influences that I think helped kind of mold my idea of a pass rush and kind of help you to be who you are is um, Simeon Rice and uh, I'm gonna uh, Michael Strahan. Like those were two defensive ends that I was just like, those guys are good. So now that we're on that. Who is JJ um, Watt? <laughs> is it really? It's J always been JJ, JJ Watt. Watt. I think JJ Watt should have an MVP right now. Uh, what year was it where he had like he had like twenty and a half sacks and like four touchdowns? It yeah. was a year Aaron Rodgers running over him. That was a ooh that makes me mad. He should have got MVP for that year. Ooh, <laughs> that's tough because I'm like you said that because I've always known you were a big. As a matter of fact. I was telling uh, Jill before you got here, we were talking about it, and you know we were talking about the trophy, and I said, well, you know, J.J. Watt, that's his favorite guy. And so to hear it, I would have thought maybe it moved on a little bit, like you still liked him, no. but no. Okay, well, there when, you go. Then. The, when they gave me that, so when they gave me that trophy, it had a little, the video, and like each like, congrats so-and-so, and J.J. Watt did it, and it was like, Congrats to Russell Davis for the award. And he was like, he gave me, he did like a little end part. He was like, good luck at U of A, dude. So I was like geeking the back. I was like, oh my God. I was so excited. Oh my God. Like, JJ, want knows who I am. Like, what? He just, so all right, congratulations excited. at U of A. That's funny. So, okay. So now, as we're about to um, wrap this up a little bit, I have, I made a promise to mom that there was a couple questions that she wanted me to ask. And um, one of them is she wanted to know, what do you think, she asked both of us, but I'm going to ask you first, what do you think your biggest strength is in your game? Mm, my biggest strength? Probably, probably mental and physicality, like, being able to look at a formation and be like, oh, this is probably going to be a run play. Being able to do that and get pre-snap reads, which I kind of, being undersized, I kind of have to do that. Yeah. I have to have that edge and know, like, and prepare myself for a run block or a pass block. And then being physical in the run game. Yeah. 
I'm undersized, so I have to make up for that <laughs> lack of weight and them being able to just ragdoll me with strength and, and, and meeting them like, right. I'm right there with you. That was good. Like, I'm right there. I'm going to hit you, you know? So right. definitely those two. So now she asked me that same question, so I have to answer this. Mm. Well, I would have said when I played high school, college football, um, you know, obviously it was a little bit different. We were a more run-heavy generation. Um, I think mine was playing to run. Like, I felt like I was that was my bread and butter, first, second down, you know, all day long. Third down, pass rush to me was just something that eluded me. Pass rush, I I just didn't have the quickness. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe I wasn't taught how to do it, but it was just not something that came natural to me. So when I see you pass rush and I watch you bend and twist and move, I'm like, that's so great because that was something that <laughs> was so difficult for me. Like getting five sacks in a season, I was like, yeah, man, I'm the man. <laughs> Five sacks now, I'd be like, oh, you did all right. So <laughs> I just that that's one area of my game that I if I could make an improvement on, I would have definitely been a much better pass rusher. And I think the uh other question that she wanted me to ask you, and this really kind of made me think and, and she said in asking me, in your career, what coaches would you want to coach your son? And I had to stop and think about that. And I can tell you right now, there's three of them. There's Mad Dog as a strength coach. I have the utmost respect for him. Like, just great man. Have nothing but great things to say about him. Um, The second would be Deke Pollard. And Deke Pollard is like old school 1985 football. Like, he would say expressions like, you know, you let's say we're we're pass rushing, and he'd be like, "Russell, you, you're not even getting there." He goes, "You might as well call in the dogs and piss on the fire, because you're never going to get there." What? It's a hunting, right? Exactly. He's like an old country dude, and basically what that means is, the hunt is over. You know, wrap it up, call in the dogs. Let's go, let's go, fellas. Let's wrap it up, and you you pee on the fire because you're putting it out. Right. So basically, you're getting your butt kicked. Just stop. Right. And then the final person. I mean, you know, Mean Joe Green. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Mean, mean Joe, Joe Green yeah. is, like, for me, that was my J.J. Watt. Like, how you said you were geeking out. I, when I came here and I found out that Mean Joe Green was going to be my coach, I was like, you, like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's Mean Joe Green at the front of the, oh, my God, the Coca-Cola commercial. He got the head slap. <laughs> the I'm just sitting back there like, oh, my God, I'm going, to, oh, God, I'm sitting in the room. And he would get, he was so intense. And, he, I'm just like, this is me, Joe Green. Like, oh, I'm taking advice from me and Joe Green. So, I mean, you're you're in the basement. You see, I'm a huge football fan. But Mean Joe Green is somebody that – and not necessarily be your coach. I would love for him to have met you because he, he knew you as a baby. But to see you now, I would love for him to, to have that opportunity. But those would be the three coaches that if I could say these three men could have some kind of influence – in my son's life, I think they would be three of the men that I would just be very proud to have, like coach you and kind of direct you. So, um, what you about to say? You like you about to say something? Uh, is it my turn to say? Yeah, I okay, want to see what you yeah. say. So, Coach Kafusi, by far, gotta have Coach Kafusi. Coach Nesson, too. And my third one, I'm gonna go with Coach Barrett. Those really? Yeah, because Kafusi is 
Now, you explain who Kafusi is. Oh, my fault. So, Coach, <laughs> so Coach Kafusi is my uh, D-line coach at U of A, and then Coach Nensen is my D coordinator at U of A, and then Coach Barrett is, was my D-line coach at Hamilton. So, Coach Kafusi and Coach Nensen, their kind of coaching style, like, works perfectly together. Like, you can't have one with a, like, yeah. Coach Kafusi is a very calm and relaxed, like, <laughs> kind of guy real chill. Coach Nensen is very intense. And he's very like high energy and like he just has a lot of passion for the game yeah. and like it rubs off and like he's what I like about Coach Nensen the most is he's real. He's so real. He's never he never like some coaches will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, kinda of like, eh, whatever. He's never gonna do that. If he's gonna tell you what it is, the truth and how it is. And that's something I just like respect about him a lot. So that's something that I would want my son to also have for a coach. Coach Kafusi's real too, obviously. But he's I'm more relaxed and chill, which is like, <laughs> that's why I feel like they're like perfect together. Like, like just, yin and yang. Yeah. Like yin and yang, exactly. Yeah. You need that though. You yeah. need that with a coach. You don't need a coach that's always just yelling at you because it's like, you you feel like you're being beat up all the time. Like, right. You want, okay, I'm going to go get my butt chewed over here and then I'm going to come over here and be like, okay, what you did was this. This is how you should have done it better. The butt chewing them never feels like, you know, some coaches when they chew you out, Personal. it feels like, they're coming at me like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what's up, man? Like, what, 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 like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to get into, <laughs> man? Like, Coach Nelson never, if it, it, it might be loud and intense, he might be yelling, he might even spit on you when he's yelling, but it's never like an attack. It's like, yeah. I feel like I'm being coached yeah. all the time. Well, that's good. Cause some coaches don't know how to do that. Yeah, some coaches can't do that, but he can. And it's like something that, like, that's a talent. That's a talent. That's a talent. Like, that's like, he's meant to be a coach. Like, he. Yeah. Like he will be a head coach for he retires. That's good. That's good. Because yeah. he he was the one that came from UCLA, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they so. both came from UCLA. They did? Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. Guess I forgot about that. Yeah. So, what, we had 98 days now, right? 98 days. <laughs> 98, 98 days, days of football. Season. Cannot wait. So, look, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking. And yeah, I mean, we could keep going and just talking all night. But I appreciate it. And thanks for being on here. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to The Route. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on socials for exclusive updates.